Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 81 of Grow Bud Yourself. We have a great show for you guys this week. We are going to be discussing some news of the week and also uh, some fun stuff. We're doing a quiz uh, on cannabis as well as Strain of the Fortnite and a grow tip on the basics and uh, benefits of tissue culture, micro cloning, as well as grow Q&A. Uh, answers to questions from listeners like you all brought to you by excelsior extracts sweet leaf nutrients and rocket seeds so stick around episode 81 is coming at you Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. Hey, all right. Welcome back. And as always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. That is a tune that I would rewind, as they say, in the dance hall. So, uh, yeah, thank you. If you like free weed, grow bud yourself. I love it. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, Mike, uh, Mike, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Hi, Dan. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Uh, all these shows, they have, like, names um, for their fans or their listeners, uh, and I don't know that we have a specific, I think free weed, it was just like free weed heads or, you know, something like that. Okay. Uh, but now yeah, this, so you, you mean know, like a, a nickname for people who listen to the show. Right. Right. Okay. Like, uh, such as I was thinking maybe grow Budniks, although okay. maybe not, uh, it's a mouthful, <laughs> uh, GB wires, GB wires. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, those who grow bud themselves, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those okay. who grow bud themselves, no. Uh, it doesn't. It wouldn't fit on a T-shirt. Well, it doesn't have to be. You know, it doesn't even have to re- reflect. You know, grow bud yourself. I, okay. you know, Lady Gaga has her uh, little monsters, and you know, Taylor Swift. I think what are they? What are her fans? Swifties. I don't know. You know, like what. Know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it could be like a thing that doesn't necessarily reflect the name of the show. Right. Like seedlings or something. Right. Well, like, for instance, with Patreon, we have like different uh, levels, right? So on uh-huh. our Patreon, you can join up uh, at, you know, for $4.20. And that makes you a healthy seedling. Okay. Uh, you join up for $10 a month. Uh, you're a swelling nug. uh at 25 bucks per month it's uh big buds you're a big bud 
And then the $42 per month level, the Heady Chiefs. I like that. Heady Chiefs. <laughs> Heady Chiefs. That's actually, that's a shout out to Gray Area. And uh, that's a coffee shop in Amsterdam uh, where uh, they would always say, you know, Chiefs, Chiefs, Heady Chiefs. So, yeah, I have a question for the listeners. If they might have a name for like maybe what uh, what they would like to be collectively referred to as, you know, uh, mm-hmm. as as grow bud yourself uh listeners so you know maybe social (laughs) (laughs) i mean there's lots of names for us i just you know what's the official one that's where that's where i'm coming from (laughs) yeah Uh, i think you know maybe people that just follow you around could have a name like danksters or uh i don't know dankophiles oh gosh dankophobes well see that implies that they're afraid of you oh right and the other one sort of implies that they want to fondle you, which I don't, I don't think is <laughs> okay. great. Yeah. So, all right. So the scratch both of those off, off the list. Uh, Danksters is good. Yeah. I don't know. We'll come up with something. Or, or our or listeners will. will, which would save us a bunch of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and money. You yeah. Know, focus, you know, you focus, the focus group you're going to hire. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> is there uh is there any news in the in in the in the ether? There's always news in the cannabis world. It's like continually cranking. Uh we have a crazy big show, cultivation quiz, all of that stuff. So we're going to hit the news very briefly, but let's start just with uh, people who listen to the show might have heard last week we talked uh at length about this recall that's happening in Michigan. It's a significant, really substantial recall that involved uh, 64,000 pounds of pot, which was uh, $229 million worth of pot products that were, quote, potentially harmful. Uh, it, it, it affected 400 different retail locations. So we reported that the uh, the lab in that case, Viridis Labs, they brought a lawsuit against the uh, the agency, the government agency that regulates cannabis in Michigan, and they basically were accusing them of uh, a vendetta, saying that they were they were issuing this recall in a uh, to retaliate basically against this laboratory. So this uh, this case went before a judge in Michigan, and he decided that that one of the labs that the uh, recall was issued for he would grant an injunction denying the recall, but he would allow the recall to go through for the other. So essentially. Uh, the the recall is cut in half. So what was 64,000 pounds of pot, uh, now I guess would be about 32,000 pounds of pot is recalled in Michigan. But this is an evolving story that that really is very interesting. And I was kind of trying to go through the reports on this to see where sort of unbiased Michiganders were feeling about this or how they were feeling about this. And I guess, I don't know if this is, it's not unbiased, I guess, because it's the Chamber of Commerce. But the Chamber of Commerce doesn't have to back a cannabis business. So the Michigan Chamber of Commerce, they're fully against this MRA recall. They said that it is, quote, uh, extreme and unconstitutional government overreach. So they, the Chamber of Commerce in Michigan, which represents all businesses in Michigan, not just cannabis, all businesses, they re- uh, released a statement on this saying, quote, The MRA's attempt to act as a czar of Michigan's marijuana industry exceeds both its statutory and constitutional authority and sets a dangerous precedent for other regulated industries. So interesting stuff happening in Michigan. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe next week we can reach out to some of our friends that are activists out there. Rick Thompson comes to mind. He's been on the show because mm-hmm. uh, there's two kind of stories here. Is is the cannabis tainted or does the government have it out for this laboratory? And like, I don't know. There, it's confusing. So I think uh, maybe maybe let's reach out to our friends uh in michigan and find out like from people on the ground what what the real deal going on here is because it sounds kind of fishy you know i figured that it, it would be preposterous for a a, a regulatory uh, agency to have a vendetta against a testing laboratory i just assumed that this was a clapback because they got caught you know, doing bad tests or something, but there does seem to be some legitimacy in their argument in that, you know, the a judge found that, you know, half of the recall was unjustified and, and they are getting backed by some other uh, organizations there. So yeah, we should, you're right. We should reach out, see what's going on. Yeah, for sure. So maybe we'll try for uh, Rick or, or maybe we can get Rick and Rick Thompson and Jamie Lowell, um, you know, who are, are reliable, uh, <laughs> Michigan uh, connects over there as far as information regarding everything that's going on with cannabis in the state. Um, so yeah, why don't we try? Why don't we reach out to them and see if we can uh, clarify this for ourselves and our listeners? Yeah, they got their ear to the ground there, so we should do that. Uh, that's what's happening in Michigan. Let's do another quick one because I think I think you'll join me in finding this a little preposterous, but. Um, a report came out just recently out of North Carolina that a woman who was preparing to smoke marijuana during a Facebook Live was arrested by uh, the sheriff's office after a tip came in from a concerned citizen basically saying, uh, hey, I'm watching Facebook Live and this woman looks like she's about to smoke cannabis. And she was. And so the investigators uh, and and uh, officers came to her house they knocked on her door they found cannabis they found that she was in fact preparing to smoke cannabis on facebook live and they pulled her out of her house and arrested her and the uh a spokesperson for uh for law enforcement there had this to say we want to thank the citizens that report concerns to us no matter how large or small in north carolina marijuana is illegal and we have a duty to enforce all laws, no matter the opinion. So there you go. She got, she got busted for attempting to smoke marijuana on Facebook Live. Wow. Well, uh, you know, a hardened criminal has been uh, removed from the streets, and it's true. You do. They do have a duty in their pants. <laughs> I don't know if that's juvenile of me, but I, like uh, I feel like uh, you know. They put the douche into fiduciary responsibilities, so to speak. You know, they uh, they discharged their duties right in their drawers. <laughs> Are we just like little children? I mean, what a silly no, thing! You, ha- you have to respond to something so stupid with 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 something so stupid because, to me, the idea that uh, you know there's something to be gained from busting this lady who wants to smoke weed on uh, on her social media is just so stupid. I don't know. I hope. I hope they are happy with their duty. <laughs> I like, think they should concentrate more on their duty. Yeah. You know, and like really focus in and make sure that their duty is everything they want it to be. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they should I'm feed a stupid. bowl of duty. 
is my opinion. I say, but it, it's honestly, it's funny, but it's a little concerning no. that jackbooted thugs can just kind of come to your home. And, it's and, draconian. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's fucking Kafka-esque. It's all of the things. And like I said, sometimes you can only respond with with satire because the reality is satire. I mean, I read The Onion and, and it's, 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 it's like reality. I watch Idiocracy, and I feel like it's a documentary. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't Well, we, watch uh, your ass, uh, social media members. Yeah, I mean, Carolina. be careful what you put out there. If, if, you're, if you're in an illegal state, you know, uh, you, you still got to watch your P's and Q's and, and be mindful of what you put out there. But at the same time, you know, these, these law enforcement officials should be ashamed of themselves and uh, covered in duty in a way in figuratively you know i mean metaphorically if they love duty so much <laughs> why don't they marry it oh man yeah all right so that's a look at what's going on in the world of weed and our very adult reactions to those stories um but we we have an interesting little segment coming up yes indeed uh a quiz of sorts yes I'm going to test uh, Danny's knowledge of both cannabis and popular culture. So, yeah, you guys want to stick around for that. Yes, please stick around. We will be back with me humiliating myself on trivia. If you're ready to start your own home grow, you're going to need some seeds. Fortunately, our sponsor, Rocket Seeds, has you covered. You can find seeds for hundreds of high-quality cannabis varieties at rocketseeds.com, including many of our strains of the Fortnite. Rocket Seeds boasts an incredible inventory of quality-tested cannabis seeds. Whether you're looking for feminized, autoflowering, regular, CBD, or fast version seeds, Rocket Seeds has it all. Plus, Rocket Seeds ships internationally and discreetly and provides excellent customer service. And as a special promotion just for our listeners, you can use the code GBY10 to get 10% off your order at Rocket Seeds. So follow at Rocket Seeds on Instagram. Remember to tell them Danny sent you. And check out RocketSeeds.com today and get growing. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, here we are, Grow Bud Yourself, episode 81. Uh, Dan and I, we thought it might be fun to do a little game this week. You know, something to do when uh, when you don't have a guest at the last minute. So we, we kind of put this together, making chicken salad here. And episode 81 is what we're doing. And we're excited about this. This is Pot Quiz. And essentially, uh, our listeners might remember, we originally wanted to do um, this quiz show with our listeners over Zoom, and we still want to do that, but, but this is sort of a, um, a proof of concept of the pot quiz, and Danny is our first victim. Uh, this consists of different categories. The categories include this or that, science, literature, cultivation, stoner movies, and law reform. And uh, Dan will choose the category similar to Jeopardy rules. I will give the uh, question. He will come up with an answer. And um, and sometimes there's a bonus question there as well. So that's, uh, that's how this game will be played. Um, most of the questions are related to cannabis, but uh, just to keep it interesting, some of them are not. So, interesting. Yeah. I like to call this Jeopardy on drugs. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, yeah. But, you know, just for the copyright. We'll call it Pot Quiz. Right. And, um, yes. Yeah. It certainly isn't Jeopardy. I mean, no. you're not implying that it is anything of the sort. Absolutely. Not. not answering in the form of a question, even. No. So, what do you say? Should we get this game rolling? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. All right. Play uh, play along at home, if you, if you are so inclined. Uh, Dan, what category would you like to begin with? Yes. So, why don't we start with science? Science, all right, that's a good one. Okay, the question is, this doctor first discovered THC in Israel in 1964. Meshulam. Correct, Raphael Meshulam. All and right. uh, there's a follow-up here, which uh, which is, Dr. Meshulam is also credited with being the first to isolate THC and then allow for its reproduction by fully doing this. Mapping out the genome. Close. It's synthesizing. He's, he was the first to synthesize uh, THC. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So there you go. So I, I'm, that was actually incorrect. I mean, mapping well, you, out the genome is not the same as synthesizing. It's not, but that was the bonus. Got the question, didn't get the bonus. It all results in the same amount of points. Uh, so where would you like to go next? Okay, how about stoner movies? Nice. All right. Uh, the first question there, there are three. Uh, question one. This 2001 stoner comedy starred rappers Redman and Method Man. <laughs> How high? That is right. How high? I'm a big fan of that film. Uh, they get a weed that makes you, like, really smart. And I thought that was, like, a funny take on, uh, you know, the whole weed thing. I don't know. I just, uh, I liked it. And I'm, yeah. and I'm a big fan of both... Uh, Red Man and Method Man, and the whole film. I mean, it's actually great. I'm curious how it uh, has aged in the last uh, 20 years, but but a good film back in the day. Okay, so do you want to stick with movies or go to a different category? Let's stick with movies. Okay. Uh, this 2008 pot film is notable for merging stoner comedy with violence, as well as for taking in more than $100 million at the box office. Okay, I definitely know this one. It's got to be Pineapple Express. It is. All right. Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen, James Franco. Very funny film, uh, but at the time, yeah, I, you know, I loved it, uh, but I did think that the last, you know, 20 minutes or so of gunfights and shootouts and stuff was a bit gratuitous, but very funny. It was sort of a different different take on the uh, the stoner pot film modern take on it i guess so would you like to do the final question in movies or go to a different topic let's do yeah let's close out movies as let's a close category it out. not a jeopardy category just a category in this generic sort of quiz thing that we're doing it's called pot quiz damn it pot <laughs> quiz okay uh, here's the question sean penn famously played this cannabis loving character in the 1982 film fast times at ridgemont high who was Jeff Spicoli? I should mention it's not necessary to answer in the form of a question, but yes, it was Jeff Spicoli. Jeff Spicoli. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a heck of a film. Amazing, wonderful film that launched a ton of careers. Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee and others <laughs> among them. Yes. <laughs> among them, Sean Penn. I would say Judge Reinhold, the always Judge. enjoyable Judge Reinhold. Yes, indeed. So, where do you want to go next? How about literature? Oh, literature. Mm, okay. Uh, for literature, the question is, this book 
first self-published in 1985, is considered to be among the most important works in the cannabis legalization movement. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 1975? 1985. 85. Self-published, most important seminal work in the cannabis legalization movement. Huh. How about uh, Lester Grinspoon's... Mm, maybe not. Let's see. Oh, I know. The Emperor Wears No Clothes, uh, Jack Herrer. That's it. I don't think that was fair because you were going to give a Lester Grinspoon answer, but you saw my face on <laughs> Zoom and my face was saying that's incorrect. Hey, so I feel like, like you poker. cheated there. That was a tell. That was your tell. You That was a poker tell. Uh, that wasn't a tell. That was a spasm. Um, well, but then, yes. You know, I also thought about it and I was like, 85. <laughs> No. You got it. It was okay. The Emperor Wears No Clothes. All right. Thank you. How about for the next category, we do this or that? I thought you would never ask. All right. So this or that is a little different. Uh, it's going to take two uh, different topics, and you're going to have to tell me which is which. And this week, or this particular game, we're going with Afrobane or House of Pain. So Afra Bain was a 17th century British playwright who rose to prominence during the Restoration Era. House of Pain was a 1990s era hip-hop group uh, led by Everlast and best known for the single Jump Around. So I'm going to give you a quote from either Afra Bain or House of Pain, and you have to tell me which is which. So let's start off with this. That perfect tranquility of life, which is nowhere to be found but in retreat, a faithful friend and a good library. Afrobane or House of Pain? That's got to be Afrobane. That is Afrobane. Yeah. How about this, though? I'll serve your ass like John McEnroe. If your girl steps up, I'm smacking the hoe. Afrobane mm. or House of Pain? That's House of Pain and doesn't quite stand up, I guess, these days either. But uh, that's House of Pain. That is correct. Okay, so let's just do one more of these and we'll close it out. Uh, quote, a woman's passion is like the tide. It stays for no man when the hours come. Is that Afra Bane or is that House of Pain? That's Afra Bane. That is Afra Bane. Okay. How about this one, though? Mugs lifts a funk flow. Someone's talking junk. Yo, I bust him in the eye and then I'll take the punk's hoe. Is that Afra Bane or House of Pain? That's House of Pain. That is House of Pain. <laughs> you nailed this or that. Thank you for playing. Let's move on. What category would you like next? I feel like going with something I know. How about cultivation? Oh, gosh. See, if you don't get this category absolutely correct, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. Let's start it off with uh, this process, which allows the release of CO2 and moisture, is employed during the curing stage. Burping? That is correct. Burping. Oh, yes. Right. Would you like to stay in cultivation or go to another category? Let's go to law reform. Okay, law reform. Excellent. Uh, okay, law reform. This state was the first to legalize medical marijuana, and the bonus is what year did that happen in? Medical marijuana. I'm going to go with California, 1995. The law actually went into effect in 1996, but California is absolutely correct. So what? Uh, do you want to stay in law reform or go to a different category? Let's do one more law reform. Okay. 
this 2003 law enforcement operation went after people selling pot paraphernalia and resulted in Tommy Chong being sentenced to nine months in federal prison. That's got to be Operation Pipe Dreams. That is correct. Okay, let's uh, clean, clean out law reform. Let's do let's it. Let's do the third law reform. All right. I think you'll like this. Uh, okay, law reform. This state was first to legalize recreational cannabis. And then the bonus question is which state was the first to launch retail sales? But first, which state was first to legalize recreational cannabis? I gotta, I gotta say it's Colorado. Okay, so both Washington and Colorado uh, legalized in 2012, but Washington actually beat Colorado by a couple of days to be the first to legalize recreationally. However, Colorado was first to launch retail sales. So you're yeah. correct for the bonus, right. but Washington was technically first. That's a trick question. It was a bit of a trick question, but they can't all be easy. Come on, what fun is no, that? No, that's true. True, yeah. true. You're right. Uh, so I guess the last is uh, cultivation. Okay. Cultivation. What does the acronym FIM or F-I-M stand for? <laughs> I believe it's fuck I missed. That's what I was taught. It is. And what does that mean? Basically, I think Cushman got a letter at some point where somebody said that someone was trying to top the plant and they actually didn't quite top it. They like cut part of the top off uh but left enough of it that it stayed as a top but also allowed for other uh tops to come out so it was like rather than topping it was like a way to top the plant but then still keep that um you know main cola as a cola but then still keep spreading out uh other branches as well so uh but they they missed and left behind some material that then became a top as well as the other tops is what i think but when we say tops we're talking about plants right right all right so for, for anyone still listening at this point uh what would you like to would you like to do the last question here yeah, let's do it. I don't even know who I'm competing against or with or for, but uh, and it's I'll, like just a, it's like your own personal accomplishment. Right. Well, you know what? I'll I'll whatever I win, I will give to uh, you win my a nonprofit of of my. You choice. should give them my respect. All right, let's close out cannabis cultivation with this question: uh, This highly resilient subspecies of pot is used to create autoflowering strains. Okay, that's got to be Ruderalis. Yes, and... Danny Danko did it. Yeah. Congratulations. You are the, the first ever winner of the uh, Grow Bud Yourself pot quiz. Awesome. I, yeah. I'm, I'm honored and uh, humbled. You did well. You did well. And I'm the best. You are. You only got like a couple wrong. And you totally got all the Afrobane and House of Pain questions correct. So good job. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of myself. You should be. Well, that was a that was pot quiz, but uh, stick around because we have a really exciting cultivation segment coming up, which includes strain of the fortnight, tissue culture, grow Q and A, and much, much more. Well, no, that's pretty much it. That's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop. 
then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. Hey, all right, welcome back. Fun, uh... Fun little quiz there, <laughs> and uh, and now we are in the in the cultivation section. I believe it's been a fortnight. What do I hear? <laughs> and yes, this is a fortnight. And yes, this is a fortnight. Strain of the fortnight. What do you got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain of the fortnight. <laughs> Strain of the Fortnite. Oh yeah, that means, of course, it is time for Strain of the Fortnite. So what do you have for us this Fortnite? Yes, so this Fortnite I want to talk about Bubba Kush, um, in particular Bubba Kush Feminized. Now, everyone knows Kushes, and uh, most people love Kushes. We have our one friend Caesar who is anti-Kush. Uh, <laughs> very openly and uh, and blatantly <laughs> anti-Kush. People Kush. are not crazy about his take. <laughs> it's you, a hot take, you know, yeah. anti-Kush. But uh, but you know he you know he likes the the, the other flavors. Anyway, uh, this is an interesting Kush because it's it's actually the original OG, but it's crossed with bubble gum, so it does have like a bit of a different uh, spin to it flavor-wise. It's definitely indica dominant. Uh, it's got the earthy Kush thing that's, you know, that's that fuel kind of thing going on where the inhale is kind of like sweet and lemony and the exhale has that earthy real, I, I, I call it Kush because it's Kush, but, uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's just that earthiness that it's got, uh, uh, very indica dominant in effect as well. Uh, very much a full body stone. So if you have body pain uh, of any type, this really can get to that. And uh, insomnia. I know a lot of people uh, are having trouble sleeping these days. I had a little bit of trouble sleeping as well, uh, but you know, made some uh, lifestyle changes that that help me sleep more now and better. And a lot of that is you know cannabis tinctures uh, that are indica dominant tinctures uh and they have a really it has a calming effect right i mean that's what they say about real uh indica dominant the couch lock thing um but really it's not just about sitting on the couch and playing video games i mean uh if you need to sleep and you can't uh this is a strain that can really help with that and i think part of that is because it actually has a, a decent amount of cbd as well so typically it tests over 17 or 18 percent uh thc uh, but also over one percent CBD, and I think that, along you know with the 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 cushy indica thing, uh, really helps uh, with the body buzz that you get 
Um, it's a nine-week flowering time, uh, kind of slightly, you know, kind of slightly longer than a regular kush, I would say, maybe eight eight to nine weeks, but uh, well worth it. And uh, mold-resistant, which is also really important if you have issues uh, where you are with PM uh, or any kind of mold. Uh, this The Bubba is pretty good at fighting back against mold and not a plant that bugs really love either. So uh, it's good in that way. And these are feminized uh, seeds from uh, Crop King, available at rocketseeds.com, our advertiser. Um, and you get 10% off there with our code uh, that I do in the wrap. Uh, but, you know, Bubba Kush feminized seeds uh you can buy you can go go as little as five seeds for 65 bucks so even if you just want to try this out if if you if you're someone that deals with uh insomnia or body pain um give this one a try it really is a great flavor great taste um that slightly uh over one percent cbd thing uh really helps kind of soften the edges of it as well long lasting uh so you know, whatever gets you through the night, as the great, late, great John Lennon said. So this uh, Bubba Kish Feminized will get you through the night. Check them out. It's from Crop King Seeds at rocketseeds.com. And that is our strain of the fortnight. All right. Don't need a watch to waste your time. Uh, shout out to, to John Lennon. And that was our strain of the fortnight. And now, um, as our listeners know, each week Dan likes to uh, give a grow tip that's going to help you become a better cultivator. So what do you want to discuss this week? Yeah, so this week I wanted to uh, do a basic primer on tissue culture. Uh, A lot of people have some confusion as as to what is tissue culture. And basically, um, you know, in simple terms, it's micro-cloning. So rather than the cloning that we do uh, normally, regular cannabis cloning or most plant cloning, uh, where you take a sizable piece, you know, two to three inch at least, uh, piece of a plant, uh, cut, cut it off a, a, a vegging mom and root that cutting, uh, in order to create a duplicate of that vegging mom. Uh, that's regular cloning. This is just a micro version of that. Uh, the only important thing is also that everything has to be very sterile when you're doing tissue culture. Uh, so that's kind of the thing. Now, why, uh, why do tissue culture when we already have, uh, the cloning method methods that we use? Um, one reason is that it actually removes, uh, pathogens. So pathogens can be, uh, external, uh, bugs, uh, out external, uh, molds and things like that. And they can be internal, uh, like systemic, meaning it's in the plant cells. It's not something you can scrub off the surface and get rid of like some bugs. Uh, So when you use tissue culture, you can actually uh, remediate those pathogens and remove them uh, external and internal, which is actually really important. People talk about, uh, you know, the vigor uh, that you have when you have an F1 hybrid and how over time cutting after cutting after cutting, you get some genetic drift. Now, I don't, believe that it's genetic drift. I think it's uh, actually environmental drift. I think the plant uh, is either stressed and carries that stress or in a weird kind of uh, irony uh, with less stress. If the plant's been super healthy indoors, uh, sometimes, you know, the creation of cannabinoids is the result of stress. So the plant can kind of get uh, tired and lax and, and comfortable and not produce the cannabinoids that it normally would because 
it's comfortable indoors in a perfect environment and hasn't been stressed. So that's a weird uh, kind of twist on it as well, because it's not just internal stress uh, that's kept generation after generation, but it's also kind of like that laziness that comes with uh, being in a perfect environment over a long period of time. Uh, some growers will take the, that plant and put it outside uh, in order to kind of bring back um, some of that ability uh, that the plant had. And, and But with tissue culture, you can restore that vigor as well uh, by bringing the plant down to an, practically a cellular level. Um, another reason why you would want to do this is for storage of long-term genetics. Uh, you can actually uh, take the smallest you know, micro cuttings uh, using tissue culture and freeze, uh, deep freeze strains and have them forever. I mean, you know, for a hundred years or 200 years down the road. Uh, and in that way, we'll never lose a, a, a strain again. A lot of great strains have been lost over time. And tissue culture is an amazing way uh, to preserve genetics and to basically clean up genetics. So, what does it look like? Um, basically, you know, the plantlet is is cut, uh, and it's it's everything has to be very sterile. Um, so, you know, there are kits where you can do this at home, uh, but remember, sterility is the most important thing. Uh, and basically, the way that we take cuttings, we take cuttings and we put them into a uh, uh, rooting hormone, and then we put them into their medium, whatever it might be. And then, and then we kind of hope that roots pop out of the end. With tissue, tissue culture, you take that tiny cutting and you put it into, uh, it's suspended in agar, which is kind of like uh, this gel, jelly material uh, that also contains uh, different hormones and sugars and things that the plant can use. But rather than rooting it, in, rooting it it's just keeping it kind of s stable and stagnant in that stage. Um, now, you'd be surprised to find out a lot of houseplants, a lot of uh, fruit, uh, including pineapples, uh, fruit trees, all kinds of plants are propagated in this manner. Because, like I said, pineapples, you know, you need fields and fields of pineapples. I mean, each plant needs a few square feet to grow. And so, you know, each and that's one pineapple. So you need to plant a lot of pineapple plants. Uh, and tissue culture is the way to do that. Uh, and that's how they've been doing that. And that's the secret behind uh, orchids as well. There's really no reason for any orchid to be rare in this day and age because of things like tissue culture. Uh, and they can be propagated in a way. It's kind of like the orchid people won't tell you this, but orchids cost pennies to, to produce. Uh, so when they're selling you a rare orchid for 65 or $80 or something, it's kind of a little bit of a scam because, sure, there's not that's not the most popular orchids uh, that that are sold, but uh, there's no rarity anymore, and it, 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 there doesn't have to be because of uh, the way that tissue culture works. So, all the you know vitamins, hormones, sugar, and everything is there, um, but the plant is basically just suspended in agar in a test tube uh, under basically fluorescent lighting you know and that's where it can stay indefinitely or rooting can be induced and then those plants can be grown and for a long time i was looking at tissue culture like okay it's theoretical it's interesting but uh is it practical are people actually going to grow with this and now over time i've seen uh several grows large grows from tissue culture plants uh that are thriving and successful and amazing uh 
and I think uh, House of Cultivar in Seattle, I think, is the one that uh, rings out to me. I think that's the one that where uh, I saw it firsthand. And, you know, you, I've seen the labs over in Spain. I've seen plenty of uh, micropropagation and tissue culture laboratories and ways of preserving genetics, but not for practical growing until I saw that at, uh, uh, in Seattle, Tacoma. And uh, my mind was blown. These are super healthy plants, and uh, they're able to be stored indefinitely. They're able to be cleaned up, uh, both externally and internally, and uh, and they're able to be stored for long periods of time. And not for nothing, they're easier to sh ship as well. So uh, this is a great way to uh, share genetics. Not that I would recommend sending something like that over uh, state lines or international borders, but it is an easier way to do that in kind of just a theoretical kind of fashion. Um, so, and there's more uh, advantages to come because we're going to find out that uh, there's a lot of things that can be done through tissue culture uh, and preservation uh, first and foremost. We'll never lose another strain again. And if a strain starts to dwindle in uh, potency uh, and drift in that non-genetic way, uh, we can always bring it back. And I think that's uh, the beauty of it. And that's really uh, where it's going to go into the future. So that's my little primer here for uh, the listeners of Grow Bud Yourself on tissue culture. Uh, if you're interested, just Google the term and you'll find out all kinds of cool information and you can see it uh, at work on YouTube and lots of other places. So that's tissue culture. And uh, maybe we can take some grow questions. What do you think, Mike? Well, yeah, I think we ought to. Um... It is time to take some grow questions from our listeners, and if you have a question, uh, you could reach us. The email is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, Leah, let's let's jump in here. Let's do it. All right, so let's start it off with Growabud, who writes, Dear Danny and Mike, short-term binger, first-time writer. I started listening in June or July. I upped my game and got a cultivation room set up by November. So thank you for being an inspiration and source of education from culture to cultivation. Nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, so he writes, uh, I'm committed and I want to do everything I can for these plants, but I don't care to kill. Well, that's good. Uh, so can you tell me what I need to know about using a CO2 tank in an 8x10 cultivation room in regards to safety? My main concerns are a roommate that sleeps next to the cultivation room and also pet dogs. Uh, what are the pros and cons? Can you discuss uh, some of the alternatives, like mushroom bags, etc.? So, yeah, what would you say here to grow a bud? Yes. Okay, this is an interesting question because uh, CO2 is amazing as far as boosting uh, yields and plant growth and all of that. Um, you're talking about having a tank in an 8x10 uh, grow space. And the question is in regards to safety. And I think um, people would be interested to know that if you do just release a bunch of CO2 into a room, it, it weighs more, it's heavier than air. So it drops uh, from, you know, the top to the bottom and ultimately can settle and displace oxygen uh, at the bottom of the room. Uh, so if you fall asleep on the grow room floor and the CO2 is just pumping and pumping and pumping, it goes up over 2,000, 3,000 parts per million. First, you're going to get a headache, but you could actually die if you fell asleep and just were breathing CO2 only. Uh, and it has happened. This is a thing that has happened. People have been poisoned um, 
by carbon dioxide and not carbon monoxide because simply it's not a poison, but it displaces oxygen. So if your roommate sleeps on the floor in that next room or the pet dogs sleep on the floor, they can be at risk if the CO2 gets too high. Now, if you're using a tank or a generator, a tank is just uh, you know a tank of carbon dioxide uh, contained inside the tank that's released uh, you open the valve, but you have a regulator, right? And you have a CO2 monitor and you set it at a certain amount, typically, you know, around 1400 to 1500 parts per million when the lights are on. The plant can't really, plant's not really pulling in a lot of CO2 when the lights are off. So you want this to happen when the lights are on. You want to have the tubing or however the CO2 is released above your plants and let the uh, CO2 fall as it will uh, to your plants, but you set it at 1500 and 1500 is not enough to really give you much of a, an effect, uh, or a headache, but should that regulator fail and the CO2 gas just be pumping out or, or the valves not be tight enough, a gasket or something, um, you will be releasing extra CO2 into the room. Now the monitor should be able to tell you and warn you when that CO2 gets into a level, uh, where it could be dangerous. But it's a possibility, and whether it's a regulator as well. So the tank is a tank, uh, a regulator. It, you use a propane tank, and it's got burners that bur basically burn the propane to create CO2. Uh, so in one case, you're replacing a gas tank, uh, like a, a a CO2 tank, which is like the tanks you see on lot, you know, like those nitrous tanks or you know that kind of thing, where it's a valve at the top and it releases gas. Um, the generator is actually uh, from a propane tank, the same kind of tank you'd see on a barbecue grill. Uh, the, the pros and cons, I mean, uh, like I said, you just have to be safe uh, as far as the amount of CO2 that you release. Uh, a monitor should be able to tell you everything you need to know about that. Uh, and then there's mushroom bags. I don't know that an 8x10 space would benefit from that, but smaller tents uh, can use mushroom bags. Uh, and other different ways of creating CO2. I've even heard of people that have animals, rabbits or guinea pigs or something in the room that are not, they're not going to bring it up to 1500 parts per million, but they'll, they won't deplete, it won't get depleted to a level where the plants can't grow. Um, so I hope that helped you. Just remember, you can't just get a tank and just open it up in the room. You need the regulator, you need the CO2 monitor uh, in order to not only just not waste gas, but also be safe. All right, very good, and yeah, safety is uh, very important there. He also, Growabud also has a, a, a little PS here. He wants to know, uh, how can I get a signed copy of your field guide to strains? I already have your beginner's guide, so I'd prefer your other book for joining Patreon. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'll check Patreon and just see if you're already on there, and I'll, uh, hopefully I haven't sent out your book already, but uh if I haven't, I think I probably have the uh, the strain guide here somewhere, at least an extra copy or two. So I'd be happy to send you one of those. Um, so either just contact me through Patreon. The best place is through Patreon messages. And rather than send you the grow book, I'll send you the strain book. So yeah, I'd be happy to do that. And thanks for your support. Awesome. All right. Sounds good. Let's move on to uh, our old friend SMG, the Southern Motorway Grower. Uh, he writes, hi, guys. Your show just keeps getting better every week, and I can't thank you enough for keeping us growers over the pond updated on the latest cannabis news and grow advice. All right, man. 
he continues, uh, I am located in Northern Europe in a country where cannabis is frowned upon. Uh, the country is cold and damp and rains regularly. Yeah, that sounds like Northern Europe. Um, I have been gorilla growing for nearly 10 years, and I had much success over the years. I am soon to be moving to a house with a garden and looking to build an outbuilding or wooden shed and plan to grow in there all year round. Research advises that those environments are very difficult to control and that insulation is paramount. Do you have any advice for growing in those types of environments? So what do you think? Yeah, so uh, it's interesting. The house has a garden and you're looking to build an outbuilding or wooden shed. What I would do personally, if it's an outbuilding, is I would build a greenhouse that's attached to your house so that the heat from the house keeps the greenhouse warm, but the greenhouse itself uh, lets tons of light in from the sunshine and has lighting for supplemental lighting for because if you're in northern Europe, there's going to be at least five or six months where you're going to need uh, supplemental lighting inside that. But rather than a wooden shed that's separated from the house and needs to be heated uh, separately, uh, I would do as an outbuilding, like you mentioned, a greenhouse attached to your house. Even And even if you're not doing a greenhouse attached to your house, whatever outbuilding you want to do, have it attached to the house anyway, uh, even if you're growing solely indoors and not doing the greenhouse idea, uh, because at least then the heat from the house uh, can help you with that. Now, another thing you can do is sort of bury the shed uh, in the ground and take advantage of uh, the the heat of the earth, you know, and there's all types of information out there about these type of uh, underground sort of garden spaces that you can do, use to take advantage of that. Uh, I don't know if you're in Scandinavia, but they in Scandinavia, they can uh, drill deep enough to actually ha use thermal heat from like, you know, deep in the earth to warm their uh, their spaces where they grow. Uh, and I think that's very interesting because uh, it's, it's the same reason why they have hot springs and things like that. There's there's heat from the, the center of the earth, the core uh, that you can take advantage of. But I think the easiest thing is just to attach uh, a greenhouse to your existing house and uh, keep it warm in that way. Insulate it for sure. I mean, that's important. And uh you know, environmental control is the most important thing. And if you need to grow year round, you want to have light supplementation, as I mentioned, some lighting inside that space uh, and light deprivation uh, so that you can cut the lights uh, in the middle of the summer when you're probably getting all day sunshine and you want to have a little bit less, especially if you're flowering plants, obviously. So, yeah, good luck. All right. Thank you, SMG, as always. Good luck. Uh, let's uh, let's do one more here. Let's go to Patrick, who writes, Should I transplant from a 5-gallon pot into a 15-gallon pot? These are outside plants. Would it stress out the plant too much? What do you think, Dan? Yeah, so as far as transplanting, uh, as long as the plants are, are in the vegetative stage, I think... Uh, they can always benefit from a transplant to a larger container, especially if they if they seem pretty root bound. So, uh, the degree to which transplanting can hurt the plant is really about when it's done and how gently it's accomplished. So, um, always do this during the vegetative stage. The only recommendation 
where I would say doing it during the flowering stages if it's really root bound. Uh, because it does take a few days to a week to recover from the shock, no matter how gently you transplant your plants. So you don't want to lose that time during flowering. That's the time when the plants should be um, packing on buds and, and you, you don't want to waste a, a, even a couple of days, but especially not a week. So if it's heavily root bound, transplant it, but otherwise transplant during the vegetative stage. Uh, it's quite simple. You just water the plant in its original pot, the small pot, water it first before you try anything um, because you want that clump, that root ball to stay together. You want everything not to crumble apart when you pull that out. Um, you First, you want to prepare, obviously, the new pot, the larger pot, um, with some planting mix. Gently remove the plant. I sometimes tip it over. I hold it by the trunk at the base of the plant. I turn the pot upside down and just kind of gently, uh, you know, not tap, but just kind of gently move the plastic around a little bit just to wedge it out, uh, not to disturb the roots too much, and then place that into the new pot. Uh, this is actually a, a good opportunity to lose an inch or two of uh, stem as well, like bury some of the stem in, and uh, roots will pop out of that stem eventually when they come into contact with uh, with your soil mix, but you can actually... Uh, you know, bury the plant a little bit too, is if it's stretched out and there's like three or four inches before you even get to the first uh, branch, you can bury an inch or two uh, and then basically backfill the soil around, make sure it's like fairly level all around and then water it in. Um, after you water it in, you're going to see some gaps, uh, you know, where the, the soil mix mixes around or whatever, just add a little more, whatever it is, fill up the holes, uh, water it in, and then uh, the plant might droop for a little while, a couple of hours or so, just from the stress of transplantation, but uh, it'll bounce back strong once uh, it's watered in. Another thing you can do is sort of loosen, if, especially if it's root-bound, is loosen some of the roots gently uh, so they don't stay in that old container's uh, confinement even once they're transplanted, so you just kind of loosen them up a little, and they'll... Uh, they'll quickly go into that new soilless mix or whatever medium you've got them in. So that's what I would say as far as transplanting. It's always a good idea during veg, if you feel like the plant has kind of reached its limit and is root bound, to go into a bigger uh, pot. And going from a five to a 15 gallon pot will certainly increase your yield substantially uh, in the end. So good luck with that and I hope that helps. All right. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks to everybody who wrote in this week. Uh, we are going to do one more question over on Patreon, and that's going to be about uh, mother plants and how to keep them a long time. So tune in to patreon.com slash Danny Danko if you're interested in learning about that. Uh, if you would like to ask a question, uh, get in touch with us. The email is info at growbudyourself.com. What do you say we take a little break, come back, and put a bow on it? Let's do it. All right, welcome back. It's time to wrap this one up, episode 81. Uh, thank you guys for sticking around with us for this. Uh, thank you to Excelsior Extracts, THC-infused pain relief rub. Uh, seek them out on Instagram and ask about the relief rub. It really works. Sweet Leaf Nutrients, uh, Danko15 for 15% off, and you can get free newts and 
codes for even more percent off uh, by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Rocket Seeds, GBY10 gets you 10% off all seeds at Rocket Seeds. And Vapor.com, as an affiliate, you will get 20% off everything site-wide. And that's a pretty good discount on a ton of things that they have. Uh, Vaporizers, accessories, uh, CBD products, raw you know rolling papers trays everything you might want and uh you know if you're in the market for uh something like a handheld vape that's two or three hundred dollars or more uh you could actually save substantially by using that code 20 percent off grow bud yourself 20 on vapor.com uh so please check them out and support them as well um thank you to jock and winstrong thank you to mike g um thanks to you guys for listening and all the patreon supporters you're helping us uh, stick around and teach you how to grow and interview great people and talk about all kinds of uh, interesting and illuminating facts about cannabis and cultivation. So thanks to you guys for sure. Anyone interested in, in, in joining up, please go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Danny Danko. Um, just remember to do your duty. <laughs> Uh, as long as that duty doesn't interfere with other people's duties. <laughs> Don't mix duties. And this is this is a very silly episode 81. Let us put this one in the books.